The Howling Gundark arrives on Doran just in time for Castian to chase down a lead to the treasure trove which is the Slicer's Folly. Yet, the deserts of Doran hold far more valuable treasures to Castian as he searches for a greater understanding of the Force. The trip to Doran is a week long. An emphasis on long. The Howling Gundark was never a spacious ship, but with the addition of this Lando Calrissian fellow and his ego, which might as well be a whole other passenger, it feels positively claustrophobic. Castian, tell me one thing this week that Lando did that was especially irritating. I don't know of a man who could possibly make Castian hate Sabacc, which is, you know, a game that Castian's always kind of respected, but he hates the game of Sabacc now, and Dejarc, and every other gambling game that Castian had to play, because every time he told Laris that he wasn't going to entertain her guests, she would give him a look, and he'd say, fine, I'd entertain the guests, and he'd cheat each time. Castian no longer has his Nabooan silk boots anymore, and you know what? That's a crime. It's just tough luck, I'm afraid. Tough luck, Castian says as he throws down his sabac chips. You've got an idiot array. Do you know the probability? Jane, Jane, get in here. Yes. I want you to run the numbers. What is the the the, the probability of an idiot array coming up on a full hand such as this? Now, Jane, doesn't this just sound like the rattling zon of a poor loser? A, a poor loser? You he are- He is not accustomed to losing, I, Mr. Calrissian. Oh, Lando, uh, please. No, don't use- fr- Listen, listen here. I have been playing Sabak ever since I was a young boy. I played it using nothing but sticks and stones. I know how to play Sabak, and this is not how you play Sabak, Castian says as he stands up and throws his cards up in the air and walks off in a tantrum. I must apologize for my other passenger. No, no, no. There is no need for a creature such as yourself to apologize for a boar like that. Castian is rolling his eyes as he just rounds the corner. How many days until we get to Doran? Thirteen hours. Castian takes a deep breath, collects himself, and then goes into his room and just lays down on his bunk, trying to collect his cool, because... He's feeling that throbbing in the side of his head of a migraine just starting to form. And just about 13 hours later, you get the notification from Laris that you are approaching Doran, specifically the capital city Dorshan's spaceport. Castian is going to move to the cockpit, hoping to beat Lando to his seat. Lando's there first. Castian just throws up a hand as he happens to walk in just as Lando is regaling her with another tale far-fetched of him, I don't know, meeting some droid army and convincing them that love is not logical. Now you see, the secret to dealing with these droids is to attempt to overload their logic circuits. Are the oxygen masks ready? Doran's not exactly hospitable for us humans. Yes, of course. I keep all of the gear in impeccable condition. Of course you do. I would expect nothing less. Of course she does. I would expect nothing less. Cassian shouts as he is moving down the hallway towards the lockers and he's going through them and and, and finding the oxygen mask. And he's also grabbing a couple uh, canisters of oxygen just to make sure he doesn't run out on Doran, which seems would be a very bad place to run out of oxygen. 
Yes. Now, the planet of Doran is located in the expansion region. That is why this trip took so long. And the planet is inhospitable in two ways. First of all, it is located between two black holes, making navigation a little tricky. And then the atmosphere of Doran is absolutely poisonous to basically everybody in the galaxy that is not a Kaldor. So that is why you need to have your oxygen masks. And on top of this inhospitable atmosphere, this unbreathable atmosphere, the planet is also known for its very extreme weather. At the drop of a hat, you can go from a clear, pleasant day to a horrific storm. And this oxygen mask is not just like an oxygen mask over my mouth. It also requires goggles since you can't the chemicals in the air is are bad for your eyes too. So it covers your nose, your mouth, your eyes. It doesn't have to cover your skin so you can walk out. It is pressurized, but any orifices that can lead into the body, you want to pucker them or cover them very tightly. Exactly. And as Laris promised, the oxygen masks and all of that gear is in working condition. Uh, Castian is collecting everything he needs. You know, he's trying to keep it low key. He's not going to bring any grenades or anything, but he's definitely tossing a glance over his shoulder. And then he's crouching down, opening up a hidden compartment, finding a hidden compartment within that hidden compartment. And then he's pulling out his lightsaber and he's slipping it into a pocket. Now, this lightsaber, of course, is the one that once belonged to Mudonin. Yes, uh, it is a lightsaber made out of wood. It's a specific wood that actually can handle the uh, energy of a lightsaber. And so it makes it undetectable when he's going through metal detectors, That's which is great. He slips it into a hidden pocket in his duster and grabs his hood and throws it over himself. Try to give himself some more protection from the extreme weather that can just happen here. And he's returning back towards the cockpit. Where Lando continues to regale Laris with stories of his escapades. Uh, Jane? Uh, yes. Castian pauses as he hears aggravation in her voice and can't his head. Yes. How long until we land? We need to account for the gravitational pulls of the black holes, so it should be another 15 minutes. All right. When I land, I will need no more than uh, about uh, 26 hours to find what we're looking for and be gone. I will keep in constant communication, but with the weather patterns of this place, sometimes communication is not as simple as clicking a button. Now, Lando turns around in his chair. Are you sure you don't need any help? Down on that planet, as you may have heard, I have some experience in, uh, adventuring. I am not going on to an adventure. I am simply meeting someone for a trade. Oh, a trade deal. And of course you are someone with an eloquent tongue who can procure excellent deals. Yes, I, I happen to be a great conversationalist, as you might have guessed throughout our last six days together. My patience is gold. Well, I just want you to know if you change your mind in the next 15 minutes, I'd be more than happy to accompany you. You can never have too many eyes on your back and during negotiations. You know what? How about you meet me in the airlock in 10 minutes, and I will see... Jove. Casting pauses as she uses his Fake name in front of Calrissian. He smiles and says, I think you would be better served here, uh, waiting in comfort like most gamblers and travelers. And as soon as we uh, finish this trade talk and I return to the illustrious Captain Jane here, we can drop you off at whatever casino it is that you needed to be dropped off at. Canto bite. Canto bite. Um, and again... And of course, he turns his chair again, now to face Laris. 
The company here is much better than on the surface of that planet. And Laris's cheeks blush. Jane, do you want me to leave Bone here with you for his tasing abilities? R3B1's assistance would be appreciated fixing some of the hydraulics in the engine room. Skitter, however, could use an opportunity to stretch his legs. No. Castian turns on his heels and marches off. And behind you, you hear a... As Skitter was right behind you to hear that. With an adventuring pack over his shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he was. And Castian is going to walk towards his room, collect some last minute things, uh, some pellets that he could basically feed through the rebreather just to keep him hydrated and fed. And things like that. Now, of course, the spaceport of Dorshan is an intergalactic hub, so it it does have interior spaces. Mm. So while you certainly can have these goods in the event that you need to spend an extended amount of time outside, there are places on this planet where you will not have to be fully protected from the elements. Great. You know, that's awesome to hear. So Castian is not – he has the the breath mask, like, hanging from his neck. But he's not going to be wearing it on when he uh, exits, as long as it's not required. And also, Castian's making sure he's grabbing the salvage token from his Sawbright, and he's slipping it into a pocket. As Laris approaches the planet, there is a fair amount of turbulence. More than you are used to approaching a planetary system like this, it must be from the distortions from those twin black holes that surround the planet. But because Laris is a very good pilot, aside from some things rattling off of shelves... It's a smooth landing as she approaches the spaceport. As soon as Castian hears the landing gears lower as the ship makes contact with the ground, he's heading off towards the loading ramp. And waiting for you there are Bone, Laris, and Lando Calrissian, resplendent in a shiny cape. Castian rolls his eyes as he notes that he's pretty sure Lando changed his shirt within the last 15 minutes. So Castian throws his rucksack over his shoulder Gives Laris a two-fingered salute and then starts heading out. And again, he stops by Laris and says, Again, 26 hours. If you don't hear from me, just wait a little longer. Before Laris can answer, Lando steps up. I have every confidence that you'll be back by then, old friend. And before you can do anything... He has wrapped you in a big bear hug. Castian, he looks like he's about to throw Lando against the wall, but one look from Laris tells him to behave himself. So Castian just remains incredibly rigid, staring straight at the wall as the hug commences. And then after a few seconds, just kind of slightly pushes Lando away and pats his shoulder. Lando gives you a couple of hard pats on the back as well as he's uh, stepping away. Canto bites never seem so far. And with that, he's heading down the loading ramp. So the spaceport of Dorshan consists of several domed docks, all with unloading areas inside to keep off-worlders safe from the atmosphere. So you're kind of in a translucent pod. So you have these little hubs off to the sides, and then there are spokes that are, again, covered leading into the main spaceport. Castian uh, casts a couple glances around just to make sure nothing seems fishy, but he's not assuming anything's going to be weird, and he's going to be making his way uh, towards that main hub. Now, in the main hub of the spaceport is actually a central marketplace of Dorshan. So in the central hub is where you do your initial check-in. You know, you file the paperwork to make sure that everything is on the up and up, that you're paying the fee for your ship to remain docked there. It's also where you, you know, there are 
people who are hawking the tourist attractions of Doran. They are very, very few and far between. So while this spaceport is an intergalactic hub, you do see different species around there. The predominant species is definitely the Keldor. Okay, so Castian is, it's weird because uh, he could tell that they could tell each other apart, but to him, it's just, they all look like the same Keldar. So he just continues, he's, he's moving towards anybody that has like a name tag and just filing the proper uh, paperwork for Laris. Mm-hmm. Oh, this would be forged paperwork, wouldn't it? The papers identify Laris as Jane Whitless, and she's the proud captain of the ship called the Nunaball. And that's straightforward enough. I won't require any sort of role. Exactly. Cassian's done this a million times. Mm-hmm. And if they ask what he's doing, he's just saying, uh, I'm here to see the sights. And among those sites, of course, is you are going to the bazaar where you are going to meet with the scrap merchant who last saw this hull. Yes. Now, outside of the spaceport, the city of Dorshan is made up of small isolated buildings in dome, trapezoid, and ziggurat shapes, which is like a step pyramid. These geometric buildings are all designed to withstand the severe weather of the planet. They are decorated with colored lights rather than paint mm-hmm. because paint would wear off in a severe sandstorm. Oh, interesting. So colored lights and geometric engravings decorate all of the buildings. Are these outside the dome area? The soap? Yes. Great. Castian is making sure his rebreather is securely on and then he is renting a land speeder. All right. Now, the bazaar is not located too far from the spaceport, but... The land speeder definitely makes it a, a quicker journey. Yeah, and he honestly doesn't want to be walking through poison gas. That's fair. That's fair. Now, it is a lovely day on Doran. The sun is shining through the kind of orangey atmosphere. There is kind of a fine layer of dust in the air. A storm passed through here recently, but it has since dissipated. Now, the bazaar is an open air market. So you do need to keep your rebreather on while you are outside. Whereas the Keldar, who are the merchants here, they no longer have to have the breathing apparatus on. And you approach a portly Keldar scrap merchant. Castian uh, stops in his shop and just kind of looks around, uh, picking up a few small items that aren't going to cost too much. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. How can I help you here? I'm looking for a TI-86 Hyperspanner, but you only have a TI-48. Would you happen to have one in back? What are you, uh, looking for the 86 for? I have an older ship. The new Hyperspanners just don't work so well with it. Okay. All right, that does... that makes sense. I'm also looking for some hull plating, if you happen to have any on that on hand. Hull plating? (sighs) Don't see much of that around here. Well, my pilot's not as gifted as she claimed to be, and she kind of had problems landing. So there was some insignificant hull damage, but I figured we can patch it with some older parts. Let me, uh, look in the back. Oh, great. Thank you very much. And he he watches you for a second. Give me a perception check. Difficulty one red, one purple. Uh, One success. Just straight up one success. Okay. He gives you a look before he heads into the back. You get the feeling he doesn't like you. And Castian's just kind of waiting for him to walk out into the back. And he does. Is there a computer console across the way in the desk that Castian can get to quickly? It's very old, but yes. Castian's not a talker, and this guy doesn't seem like the type that really wants to talk to Castian. So 
Castian's going to try to slice this thing real quickly. Okay. Castian is going to get to the terminal and quickly start trying to use those Inquisitor skills of his. All right. Well, first, I assume you want to do this both quickly and quietly. Mm-hmm. So first, I'm going to need a stealth check as you vault over the counter to get to his computer terminal. This is going to be hard. Three purples. Okay. And I'm going to actually use one of my destiny points and make it a little easier on me. Two successes. You vault over this counter easily, and your feet land surprisingly lightly on the dusty floor. And Castian just immediately starts trying to get into the system. Okay, give me a computer's roll. And this is also going to be hard, but I'm going to spend one of my destiny points to upgrade one of those purple dice to a red. Two purples and a red. And I'm going to use one of my destiny points to upgrade one of my greens to a yellow. I succeeded, but with a despair. Oh. I got two successes and a despair. And I forgot that you can actually still succeed in what you're trying to do and then just utterly fail in some other way. Mm -hmm. So what exactly did he want to learn from slicing into this computer terminal? Cassian's going into this guy's inventory and just downloading it, hoping that this guy keeps good records to say, like, who sold him what. You're able to access the systems. You're able to see all of this data. And as you hear the footsteps from the back room getting closer, you go to take out your data drive. And it's not coming out. Because of your despair, you are not going to be able to remove this without breaking something. Cassian's going to jump over the counter once more and just kind of just sit there leaning, waiting for this man. Mm-hmm. So I've got your TI-86 hyperspanner right here. I'm going to actually spend a destiny point now, Angela. There is a light fixture right overhead. One of those fairly long ones. It kind of looks like a fluorescent light hanging by wires. And Castian is going to look towards it and use the force to snip it and have it come down slamming into the terminal. You're spending a destiny point. So I'll allow it. And all you need to roll is to generate the force point. The light cannot resist you. So it's just to see what side of the force do you generate. And I get to use two force die. Have a light and a dark, but I cannot use a light side point because I don't have a point to spare. I have to spend a destiny point and a point of stress. So Castian is going to feed uh, as much as he doesn't like it. He's going to use the dark side. And with a sharp snapping sound, One of the wires that was holding up that light does indeed snap right in half, and it swings down, crashing directly into that computer terminal. What? What? What's going on here? I had inspected last week. Someone's trying to cheat me. I don't like cheaters. If you ask me, it's probably an Imperial. My goodness, they... They charge you a fortune, and then they absolutely do not do the job that they are paid to do. I hate it every time. That's why, if I, between you and me, I would never hire an Imperial to look at my ship, even if it was just to watch it to make sure a Rodian wasn't joyriding. Can't trust anyone there isn't from door. Let me help you. I'll I'll see if I can. I'm a bit of a mechanic myself. Uh, Maybe I could see if I can get this computer... Uh, it, it looks hopefully just superficial damage, and Castian is going to just walk around to try to help him, trying to trying to look like he's helping. Give me a charm roll. This is just going to be average difficulty. Three successes, two threats. 
He's still watching you suspiciously, but he does step away. And Castian, uh, for his part, he's going to be trying to, you know, get everything squared away, but he's actually hoping that that knocks the data stick out of the console. So he's going to try to pocket that using Skullduggery. All right, you can use Skullduggery, but you are going to have two setback dice for this because of those threats. Average difficulty again. Two successes, five threats. So I'm going to equivalent that out to a despair sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You are able to rip out the data stick and pocket it. No problem. Great. And Castian's going to be a man of his word, even though you know he tapped into the dark side, but he's trying to be better. He is trying to be better. And he's going to try to fix this guy's machine a little bit. Mm -hmm. See what he can do uh, with his uh, mechanics to try to fix some of the damage that, yes, he caused. But it's specifically to a computer system, isn't it? If it's software, yeah, Castian would be that. That's more like coding and stuff. If it is a hardware thing, I would say it would be mechanics. You know what? I'll let it fly. This is going to be average difficulty. Spending one of these destiny points to upgrade that because this has been tainted by the force, the dark side of the force. Doesn't even matter. I got a success. I got one success. No threats, thank God. I think <laughs> I used them all in the last one. So with some tools on your belt and some of the detritus that is around this shop and a couple of good whacks for good measure, you're able to bring this computer system up and running again. There it is. I'm sorry about whatever happened there, he says, as he points towards the light fixture that he ruined. Um, but uh, I hope everything works out. Uh, the, the system doesn't seem to be too damaged. You might need to repair the viewing screen, but that's about it. Yes. Yes, I can see that. Did I give you what you were looking for? Uh, you, uh, no, I haven't gotten the spanner yet. And you were also seeing if there's any extra hole plating in the back. Oh, yes, yes. And he pats his pockets and pulls out the hyperspanner that he had said that he had for you. And Castine has enough to pay for a hyperspanner. And heck, he needs a hyperspanner for Laris. It's, it'll be her birthday gift. Whatever, whenever that is. Uh, and how, do you have any hole plating, or is that just a moot point to hope for? I seem to be fresh out. Ugh, that's just my luck. That's all right. Is there anyone else around here that I could buy from? I'd rather not buy from the Imperials at the spaceport. He considers you for a moment. I'm your best option for purchasing something at the consumer level. Right, right, of course. But... But recently somebody did come and sell me some salvaged scrap. Perhaps she has been uh, holding some back. Uh oh, and oh, where can I find her? Yes, I'm, uh, I'm desperate, and again, I'd rather not use an imperial service. She's uh, a bit funny. Funny? You think I don't like outsiders? <laughs> she is definitely not one to trust off-worlders. Well, I'm, like I said, I am desperate, and I do have a winning smile. And then Cassian offers up his winning smile. She's uh, out of the city. Dangerous for off-worlders to travel to. I'm, I'm sure I'll be fine, but I do appreciate the warning, sir. Uh, where can I locate her? Is it a farm? Is it a another city? A town? A village? She lives on her own. Uh, oh, so she's... Okay, so it's, it's a farmhouse, perhaps. 
I haven't been out to see her myself. She doesn't cater to my type. (laughs) (laughs) From what I hear, she's just an old woman living in a hut by herself. Well, it can't hurt to check out. Well, it might hurt, but I'm sure I could defend myself against an old woman if push comes to shove. It's not going to come. Where can I locate this woman's uh, hut? And he gives you coordinates that are about an hour's walk outside of the city. And Castian nods. And uh, as the man looks away, Castian's going to drop a credit stick on the ground filled with uh, 20 credits. Not much, but that's all Cast- Castian has like 50 credits on him. So Castian's just dropping it and walking out as an apology almost. Hopefully that will earn him back some karma points. Deep down he knows that's not the case. But yeah, he's uh, taking the coordinates and walking out. All right. And uh, he's going to go to his land speeder, hop on board, and take off. Oh, yes, I'd forgotten you had a speeder. So by speeder, it's not nearly as long to reach the old woman's hut. Great. As you are piloting your land speeder out across the empty spaces of Doran, because the settlements on Doran are few and far between, and you're heading out into the middle of nowhere, and this is... As I said, rather desolate. You're not seeing a lot of trees, certainly not a lot of people. But roll me perception. This is two purple, one red. Two successes. You're in this desolate expanse. There's not a lot of plants or trees or anything, although there is a large rock butte that is dead ahead of you. And it looks like it goes about a kilometer in either direction from where you're at and a couple of kilometers straight up. So you have to, you're going to have to pause for a moment and figure out what's the best way to get around this butte. And as you're hopping out of your land speeder, taking a look around at these surroundings, trying to get your bearings, you notice a cloud of dust behind you. Now your land speeder, of course, has been kicking up a fair amount of dust, but it would have dissipated by now, even in the weird atmosphere of Doran. Somebody else seems to be out here as well. How far away are we from the hut? As the Minoc flies? About 15 minutes. Uh, Cassian's going to push his land speeder over on the side. He's going to look around quickly for like a a large stone or something uh, junting out of the ground or some shrubbery. Is there anything like that around here? There is no shrubbery, but you do find a stray rock. So he's grabbing it and kind of putting it in the way of the land speeder, basically showing it this is what he must have hit. And Cassian is just going to kind of do some quick math in his head. Then Cassian's going to uh, drag his foot along away from the land speeder as if he was catapulted off it. And then he's just going to lay down on the ground, his limbs sprawled out, but he's going to have his knives ready to pull out. Please give me a deception roll. Difficulty three red. I'm going to spend my destiny point to get me a yellow. Yeah, I got one triumph, one threat. Wow! That's why you get these yellows. For that threat, this is going to be a take a point of stress. As you are face down in the dirt and it's beginning to mess with your rebreather. So you're not going to be able to keep up this deception for very long. But you only have to lay there for a minute at this point before you hear the land speeder approach and a very light pair of footsteps hops off the speeder and hits the sand. (laughs) Didn't see that coming, did ya? Cassie's just going to wait it out. 
just see what this guy's doing. He is kind of, he did try to angle his head a little bit, making it look a little snapped to try to get, allow him to give some peripheral, but it's still not a great, mm-hmm. probably not a great view. You can tell that it's a boffin. <laughs> I don't like it when a job goes according to plan. You hear the snap of binders. And the Bothan is going to step over you, one leg on each side of your waist, reaching down to bind your hands. Obviously not believing that you are dead. You know, you tried to make your neck look snapped, so he's still restraining you. And Gaston's going to attack? So I guess that's initiative? Yes. Is this guy surprised? Yes. Because you were expecting this, you were preparing, you will be rolling cool. This person will be rolling vigilance because combat was definitely unexpected on their part. One success, one advantage. The Bothan also rolled one success and one advantage, but because we established that they are surprised, you are going to get to act first. I am letting out a snarl as I spin around trying to stab this guy. And I'm going to attack, but I'm also going to be using my fearsome quality that I get with my force powers. Absolutely. All right, give me a melee roll. So melee is average difficulty. Two advantages, three successes, and a triumph. So that does activate crit. But I also get a crit with my triumph, I believe. So with two critical hits, essentially, roll me a d100, and you are going to be adding 20 to this. 10 for vicious, and an additional 10 because you had, essentially, you activated the critical hit twice. I got an 87 plus 20, that's 107. A horrific injury. And that is going to affect one random characteristic. Their agility. Uh, Castian is doing eight wounds to the Bothan. So Castian actually spins the blade down and slams it right down on his boot, cutting into his foot. Ah! So there's his injury to his agility, and he needs to roll a passive to see if he can, you know, not be freaked out by my fearsome qualities. Okay. The Bothan tries to stumble back, but that knife is planted through their foot into the rough ground of Doran, so he can't really fall or get very far away from you. Let's out a shriek of pain, ah! which is muffled by his rebreather, but doesn't look like he's going to run. While you've rattled him, certainly, you're not actually the worst thing that he's seen in this galaxy. The Bothan gets their balance back and swings their arm up where he has a gauntlet over his hand. It doesn't look like his hand has been replaced, but it's been augmented with cybernetics and a light blaster pops out of his forearm. So two failures, but two advantages. So the Bothan gets off a couple of pot shots with his light blaster, and it's enough to make you tumble looking for cover. So you're going to have a setback die to your next roll as now you're a little bit off your footing. Castine is immediately going to uh, throw his remaining dagger at the man, trying to pierce him in the chest with it. One success. So how much damage is that? Uh, that'd be five. Uh, stealth of Iberate is four damage. Okay, so five. The blade makes a clean cut across the upper arm of the Bothan, and 
zings into the dirt behind him. Ah! Perhaps we'd like to talk this out, or do you want to take another shot? You know I would. The Bothan got two successes, so you have taken seven damage. However, it is stun damage. Uh, soak four of that, so I get three left? Yes. And is this strain or is this wounds? This is strain. Casting was climbing to his knees when that guy fired, hits Casting in the shoulder, and he kind of falls back, rolling again, and before he pulls, using quick draw, out his blaster and just starts firing at the man. Two advantages and two hits. So what's that damage? Uh, that's going to be seven points of damage to him. That brings the Bothan down to zero. Were you doing stun? No, he takes wounds. All right. The blaster bolt hits the Bothan square in the chest, sizzling against his padded armor, and he stumbles backwards and falls into the sand. Castian's going to immediately stand up and quickly move to the Bothan, feel for a pulse to see if he's alive. Nope. And then Castian's going to uh, check him for ID. More importantly, a bounty hunter license. As you pat down the Bothan, you do find a bounty hunter license at you don't have the tools to really double check it. It's always possible that this is a forgery, but it looks legit to you. Castian mutters a curse to himself, and then he's going to pull out his communicator and contact Laris. She doesn't answer right away. Castian is starting to get a little bit worried, kind of looking back towards the city, looking back towards where the hut is, debating if he needs to rush back. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, I, I was worried. I... I are you okay? You sound out of breath. I am fine. All right. I just ran into a bounty hunter here. I need you to be careful. Keep an eye out for anyone who might be looking for us. Of course. None of us have left the ship. Good. Just keep an eye out for anybody sticking around the docking bay to see maybe they're tailing us, tailing the ship. He found us somehow. Yes, sir. Just keep the engines running. and, and That is an inefficient use of fuel. I mean, just... Keep focused, don't find distractions. With anything, or anyone. Or anything. Bye. And he deactivates the comm unit, and then he's going to, uh, you know, the body's here, so he's shaking this guy down for a uh, loot. Well, there is that gauntlet light blaster that is there, as well as a salvage token. Though, again, you do not have the tools out here to tell who it is registered to. As well as a credit stick. Amount unknown. And this guy is dead, right? Yes. Castian mothers. No offense. Do you know how this goes? And Castian's also taking the binders and the canisters of his rebreather. And then Castian's going to check to see if his speeder is nicer than his. It looks almost exactly the same as yours. Probably rented from the same place. Castian is going to take the man by the boots, drag him about a minute or two away from his land speeder and dump him behind some rocks. And then he's heading back to his uh, his own speeder. So yeah, and Castian's uh, taking his own speeder and uh, heading off towards the hut. Kind of not happy that he killed that guy, but you know, you have to survive. You have to go about 15 minutes out of your way to get around this butte and back on your original course. And you can see in the distance, in the direction that you're heading, let's say it's west, some storm clouds and some oddly colored lightning. It's probably an hour or two away. This is just such a flat open area that you can see incredibly far. 
But it's something to be aware of. The weather could be turning. Castian's going to speed up. He doesn't want to be caught out here in the middle of a dust storm. And for such a wide, flat expanse, you'd think that you would see this hut for kilometers. But somehow it sneaks up on you. And you have to hit the brakes of your land speeder. Or risk running into this small stone hut. Castian skids to a halt, lets out a deep breath before pulling his goggles up and squinting over towards the hut, and then he's slowly climbing out and casting a glance out to see if there's any sign of anybody here right now. Give me a perception roll. Let's make this average difficulty upgraded by one. Failed. Just one. Just failed by one. Just one failure. You don't hear anything. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything other than this strange stone hut in front of you. The hut looks large enough to house one Keldar somewhat comfortably. It doesn't have the fancy light-up decorations of the buildings back in the capital, but there are still some carvings in the sides. They look very worn, very old. Castian's tracing his finger over a particular carving, just some spiral that kind of catches his eye. Then he just shakes his head and then moves towards the entrance of the hut and he clears his throat. Hello? Oh, oh, it's been a while since I've heard a voice like that around here. Castian raises a brow before kind of looking down to make sure he doesn't have blood on his outfit. Seeing that he's fairly clean, just covered in dust, he clears his throat again. Uh, yes, uh, hello. I'm hoping to speak with you. I, I heard that you found some salvage, and I was hoping to speak with you. It's rude to shout from doorways, don't you know? Uh, right, of course, of course. Uh, may I enter? Come in. And Castian is walking in. Inside the hut is barely controlled chaos. It's a little bit like a hoarder's house, where there is just stacks of salvage, certainly, you recognize things like hull plating and old tools. Certainly nothing that would be immediately recognized as of value, but if you sell to scrap sellers, it could net you some credits. The items aren't just stacked up on the floor. They are covering all of the shelves. They are hanging from the ceiling. Castian is raising his brows before mumbling. Oh no, she just might just be weird, not my weird. You don't see her at first over a stack of scrap, but she does come around the corner. And you realize that the control in this chaos are the very carefully defined paths that go through all of these stacks. And as soon as the woman comes around the corner and you get a look at her face, you realize the importance of those paths as her eyes are completely clouded over with cataracts. <clears throat> Hello, I'm... I'm Castian. 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 Doesn't sound like a Keldar name. No, I'm... I'm a human. I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. I heard that you sold some scrap to a, uh, a trader, a, a scrap dealer in the capital city, and uh, I was hoping you could tell me where you got that salvage from. Um, there was hole plating, though. It had a partial number on it. <laughs> oh, well, isn't this just a, a, a real uh, special turn of a day, isn't it? Oh, didn't think I'd have someone come out here to talk business like that. 
It's Easter's lucky day. Oh, that's your name. I'm sorry, I, I wasn't told your name. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, okay. yes, yes, yes. Come in, come in, dear. Can I get you some tea? Oh, is that why you're here? Do you wish to have your tea leaves red? Yes, yes, I would. Would, yes. Oh, looking to find a husband, are you? <laughs> uh, well, not really. Uh, I, I'm already, I'm, I, I'm seeing someone, um, a woman, a very, uh, sort of, it's complicated. Uh, but very. So, so you are able to read the future? Well, that's what the girls like to think. I would, I would love to. Yes, I, I, though I can't drink the tea. I, I do have to. And he taps the side of his mask before remembering that she can't he see anything. I have a rebreather, of course. Of course, of course, of course. So Castian's looking for a place to sit. There isn't any. Then he kind of looks down and then slowly sits down on the ground. What are you doing on the floor? He stands up. Where would you like me? How, where do we read the tea leaves? Find a seat, find a seat. And she just gestures kind of vaguely towards the back of her hut. And Castian's going to wander that way. He is keeping his eye for anything Force-related. Solbright, she sent him here and she said this woman was weird. She's usually very good about this stuff, typically, so he's looking for any signs of weird. Maybe an old lightsaber, an old robe, anything really. Give me a perception roll. It is going to be two purple, two red. I failed, I got a threat, but I got a triumph. I failed by two. I got one threat, but I, I, but something great happens out of this failure. You certainly don't see anything related to the force. In fact, this feels like a dead zone of the force. So originally Castian was like, oh, I don't feel a lot of people here uh, because it's an isolated area. And then he realized, oh, I'm not feeling anything here. Mm -hmm. Like nothing is calling out for me. This is a bubble of anti-force mm -hmm. like you even question whether you would be able to call upon the force here he kind of wrinkles his brow before turning back to see where she's at and in a little corner of her hut she has a small cooking area a little heating filament she has a, a pot of water on it and she's pulled two mismatched mugs down and she's uh, putting loose leaf tea in the mugs so, he says, as he finds, it's not even a seat, it's more of a rock that she must have liked. And he kind of sits down on top of it. How long have you been here? Oh, Easter's always been here. Oh, you you never on Coruscant 20 years ago? <laughs> oh, what would old Easter have to do with Coruscant? Nothing, I suppose. Nothing at all. Now, dear... You drink up your tea, the, nice and fast, otherwise it starts to go bitter. The, the rebreather. Oh, oh, yes. Well, it's very difficult to read someone's tea leaves if the person has not ingested the tea. Uh, I'll figure something out. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, uh, not very many off-worlders come to see old Easter. Of course. Yeah, you know what? Castian's going to pull open his rebreather and quickly just start downing it as quickly as can, not taking any breath in. Let's make that a resilience roll. Average difficulty. Three advantages, but I failed. So take a wound as you are trying to gulp down this tea, but you need to catch a breath of air, and that air burns your lungs. <coughs> Castian is lowering his mask again, mumbling, that was stupid. <coughs> I said drink it down fast, not choke on it, young man. I, it was, you need to pay attention to directions. 
What can I say? I'm I'm still learning the Keldar way. But I, I think I drank enough of it. She takes the mug from you, Casting, as you hold it out, and her fingers brush your hand. You can't feel much through the, the gloves, but it is a surprisingly warm touch that just lasts for an instant as she takes the mug away, and with a clatter, she turns it upside down on her cutting board. Then she pulls the mug away, studying the designs of the tea leaves that are left on the board. Oh, oh, I, very, very interesting future for you, Castian. Very interesting. I see great fortune coming your way. If only you weren't so conflicted about it. Hmm, hmm. What does that even, that's, that's, that's vague. I don't, that doesn't tell me anything. I'm. So I'm going to be rich, but conflicted about it. Indeed. I've come to find that I'm conflicted about everything, so uh, please go on. Is there anything else that you can tell me about this endeavor? You will live to a ripe old age. (laughs) Okay, sure, of course. Have many children. Oh, yes, that numbers. Scores of them. And you'll name your first daughter after your mother. Ah, yes, of course I would. My mother and me are very close still. Sarcasm isn't a good look on you, Castian. He holds up a hand before rolling his eyes, feeling that this has turned from less and less likely of her being a hidden Jedi. Is that it? What do I owe you for this enlightenment? Well, two credits. Castian pulls out two credits and, and sets them down in front of her. Don't spend them all in one go. So you're not a force user. <laughs> what would have given you that idea? Hope, I suppose. It doesn't matter. Hope. Interesting. What's interesting about it? Oh, well, out here on the edge of the galaxy, you don't meet very many people that have hope, certainly not off-worlders. If off-worlders come to Doran, it never means anything good. So, interesting. Castian rubs at his brow before just shaking his head. Anyways, I suppose I'll just do what I was paid to do here. I am looking for a crash that I believe you found. You sold some scrap heap to a a dealer in town. I was wondering if you could tell me where it came from. What would that old scrap have any interest for an off-worlder? It's uh, sentimental value. It's an old ship. I'm an archaeologist. Do you enjoy lying to old ladies, Castian? I was paid by an archaeologist. That's closer. You're very perceptive for someone who doesn't have much sight left in her. Oh, well, there's many ways to perceive the world without eyesight. In fact, I think I've become better at understanding the world since I've lost my sight. And when did you lose your sight? What business is it of yours, Offworlder? What can I say us Offworlders are curious? Yes, Offworlders. Give me a cool roll. It's hard. Four threats and a triumph. <laughs> Cassian, you feel a splitting pain crack your head in half. Take four strain, and that was a pure, unadulterated hit of the force. It wasn't an attack. It wasn't her using unleash on you. It was more like you've been in a vacuum and you take that first breath of air in collapsed lungs and it's an excruciating pain but as soon as as quickly as it hit you it's gone castian lets out a gasp before looking back towards her you can use the force it's about time you admitted that yourself 
It's not exactly easy admitting such a thing. You don't understand. I've been searching for someone like you for a long time. I've been through to miracle workers, to, to con men, con women, to, to supposed uh, magicians, all of that. And all of them have just been f frauds. But you, you are... Yes, yes, I, I'm... Uh... I can use the force. I'm, I'm trying to use the force better. I, I, I'm not very good at using the force the right way. The right way? Well, that is a loaded statement. Uh, well, I've the dark side. Ah, the dark side. You speak like a Jedi. You're not a Jedi. No, of course not. <laughs> there have been force traditions that far outlast the Jedi. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I don't know much. The only ones I do know is I, I know of the uh, the witches of Dathomir and I know of the Jedi way. And that that is the only uh, the forms of the force I know. And a year ago, I almost died of a corruption of the dark side. And I know you you might laugh at the concept of a dark side, but <laughs> it was a corruption. It nearly killed me. It almost brought me down. And I I'm trying not to fall to that again. You said other force traditions. What are you? Well, it's awful rude to just barge into a lady's home and start asking, what are you? I am, I don't know how to do this, and I don't think the galaxy really prepares someone in this day and age on how to ask questions about the Force. It's dangerous, and I understand your apprehension. I, I, I was not lying. I was sent here to find a wreckage. I was. But my alternative motive was to find answers about what I can do and how to do it without killing myself. Someone said that the scrap dealer who sold this was known as a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the worst thing I've been called. Uh, Easter, I, I am Castian. I am a former youngling, Jedi youngling, who lost his way a long time ago, but I'm trying to, to find a better way. Uh, I would be honored if you could share anything to help me do that. I don't want to be the scared little boy anymore. I, I want to understand the Force, but I want to understand it properly. To use it. To wield it in a way that is safe. Welcome, Castian. And it's difficult to read Kaldar facial expressions as their faces are just utterly alien. But the way that her very wrinkly face crinkles even more around her eyes lets you know that she is smiling at you. It is very nice to meet you. I don't know how much I can help you. There's, uh... As you say, it is dangerous to speak openly, and it has been dangerous for the Kaldar far longer than it has been dangerous for the Jedi. And she spits. Not a fan of the Jedi. Sign me up. <laughs> Your relationship with the Jedi is far different from mine. How so? She sighs heavily. The Kaldar have been using what you call the Force for millennia longer than the so-called Jedi or the Sith have been around. <laughs> but once the Jedi started arriving and parents had somewhat of a choice to make, either have their children live on this backwater world or be exposed to the wonders that the galaxy holds, well, I don't entirely blame them for choosing to send the children off-world. But at the same time, that means that there were fewer and fewer people who were interested in the, the ways of the sages. The sages? 
Oh, yes, the, the Baron Doe Sages. And is that what you are? <laughs> oh, I have not been that for a long time. Well, well, I want to be that. I want, uh, I want to learn how to, I, I need someone to show me how to be better. Oh, Castian. You cannot just grasp on the very first thing that you hear that sounds interesting. To be a student of the Force is a lifelong path. It is not something that you just try on like a new dress or, <laughs> excuse me, a new pair of boots that might be more apt for you. Whenever I have the choice, I mess it up. I, I do much better with just someone telling me what's the best route to take. <laughs> Sounds very Jedi. Yes, I suppose it does. Listen, I, I want to learn how to use the Force and I want to be better about this. And I, I, and I understand you are hesitant, but I, what can you do for me? What, what can I do to convince you I'm, I'm a worth, I'm a worthy student? Oh, Castian. <laughs> Very complimentary. You, you know how to charm an old lady. I cannot teach you. It is not safe. Castian, you can't even breathe on this planet. Well, then I'll find the sages. Where are the sages at? I mean, I'm sure they have a chamber for, for off-world. Or you feel this overwhelming wave of sadness, almost a physical wave pushing you back at the mention of the other sages. Oh, it's like that. It is. Easter avoids much recognition. I only go into the city once or twice a year. And if some... Silly girls want to come out and and hear about who they might marry, and it keeps them out of trouble during a storm. No one asks questions. It is the only way I survive, Castian. And with me being here would only endanger that. Sadly, you're not the first teacher to tell me that. Castian takes a very deep breath. I understand. And I will respect that. Once I finish my mission here, I won't return to put you in danger any longer. Thank you, Easter. I was not lying, Castian. You are destined to live a long life. Now, to some, that is a curse. But I hope you use it as a blessing. Use it as a time to learn. Never stop learning that was the error of the Jedi. The wreckage that you were looking for. Hmm, yes. That was, uh, uh, let me, let me draw you a map. Thank you. And the blind woman draws you a surprisingly passable map, or surprising to anybody that doesn't know that she's obviously aided by the Force. And she directs you to a place that's about another two hours further west from where you are now. Well, I won't make that before the storm hits. No, yes. Another sadness of no more sages. Once, the world of Kaldar was a paradise, as the sages protected the people from the storms. They say that the increase in storms is, is climate change and, and the effect of Kaldar activity on the planet, but no, 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 no. It is because the planet has lost its protectors. I seem to need a place to stay for the storm. Oh, well, that's another two credits. 
what would hearing about the sages cost me until the storm's up? Huh. Huh. Well, it would just be rude for an old woman to charge you for pleasant company. Let me uh, do the honors and refill your cup of tea. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always.